0: Loudly I cry, ship ahoy. Once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you this time, Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. What a blessing for this old mariner to be with you by means of radio. In the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to read verse 15 for our text of scripture. And uh, on our little five minute program, The Fisherman's Five-Minute Look of the Book, we've been talking about the word barefooted, barefooted and what it means. And we'll talk about that for just a little while before we get into Ephesians chapter six and verse 15, as far as its direct application. If there's any way we could ever be of blessing and help to you, please feel free to correspond with us. If you have access to a computer and that keyboard, you can come straight to us at just fomm.org. And this is our website, and it's very very simple, f o m m dot And if you'd like to write to us, uh, our announcer usually at the end of our program will give uh, a few uh, a, a few seconds here left to be able to for them to give you an address whereby you can correspond with us. And if they are not able, not able to do so, you can uh, call them, uh, write them, and they'll tell you exactly how to. Uh, to us. In the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse uh, 15, it says this. Now he's, within its context, he's talking about how to now stand against the enemy. We do have an enemy. And of course we know who he is. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He is our enemy. So he talks about the loins girt about with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and something a little different now. All right, here we go. Verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What in the world is that? To shoe or not to shoe? (laughs) That is the question. I'm thinking about shoes. Uh, Where I live, I live in the south, so sometimes in the summer parts of our Here where I live, we have three different seasons. And, of course, we have the winter and then the spring and the summer and the fall. During the special of the summertime, it gets kind of warm where I'm at. And so a lot of people choose to take off their shoes. I remember when I was young, I did not just... Uh, just maybe think from time to time to take my shoes off in the summer it was hard for me it was hard for my mother to keep a pair of shoes on my feet for that being true I was always getting the bottom of my feet injured along the seashore there was glass along the seashore there was old rusty nails and boards and I'd step on uh, so you said what are you saying I actually went what's called barefooted a lot of times during the summer it was not because I did not have I have no i have no poverty story to tell not because i did not have access to shoes there were a lot of things we did not have we did come up i did come up in a very poor family and a family of commercial fishing uh, people but i my parents saw that i had shoes but i like to go barefooted in the summer times our feet got very tough We could walk across shells like oyster shells and clam shells. We could walk across rocks and uh, maybe some pavement area in the middle of the sun time where it was very hot, you know. Uh, But as far as shoes is concerned, I'll be honest with you, I appreciate the shoes that I have. And many times in the Bible, and as we search through the Bible, you'll find there's a reason that some people went barefooted. In the book of Luke, Luke chapter 15 wish I had time to go here and tell the story of the prodigal son. You know what happened to him? Oh, his heart got out in the far country. He left his dad's house. He said, you give me my inheritance. And he went and just wasted it. And it got so bad that he had to just go to feeding hogs. Well, that was horrible for this this little Jew, this Jewish young man. And, uh, you know, their feelings about pork. So uh, he gets into utter poverty. And so he said, I... I'm going to just renounce my pride and I'm going to come home. And one of the things the father does for him as soon as he sees his son. Yes, his clothing is all torn apart. His clothing is the clothing of somebody in poverty. But it says in verse 22, put shoes on his feet. So what took place there? Sin took the shoes off his feet. My friend, it'll do it for you. I've been in countries of the world where there was poverty. I have to be very careful what I say here. Sometimes, because of the wickedness of the leadership of countries, poverty was just was just so great, and it was really just sin. Sin will take the shoes off your feet. So sometimes, to be barefooted is it's associated with poverty. Sometimes it's associated with faith. In the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter ten, Luke chapter twenty-two, there's some statements made that go something like this: He sends out the twelve apostles. And he said, fellas, now take off. Send them off two by two. He said, preach the gospel. And uh, they went out preaching everywhere. And he said, now don't, 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 don't bring any money with you. What? <laughs> don't bring a suitcase. And he says, uh, don't bring shoes for your feet. My, what are, you, what are you expecting us to do? You know, they had to go without things until God provided. Wouldn't that be horrible if we had to live that way? We live in such a materialistic age. The life of faith is ruined. God is not real. We don't have to trust God for anything. Come on, are you listening at this time? Do you trust and ask God to help you financially? Do we live a life of faith? Can you say, faith gave me those shoes? Probably not. But you know, it would be good for us to get to that place, to where the things that we need, we should say, Lord, please, I'm addressing this If this is something that I need, and if you can be pleased in doing so, would you not provide for this? So sometimes it's connected to be without shoes. It's connected with just living by faith. The book of Exodus chapter 3 and Joshua chapter 5, we have two men coming to the very presence of God. And there's a statement that comes to their ears that says something like this. Get the shoes off your feet. The place you're standing is holy ground. So to be without shoes... Not poverty, be without shoes, was not necessarily these living by faith. Uh, To get your shoes off was a sign of reverence. This was a token of, uh, in respect and submission for deity. I mean, God is there on the spot. Get your shoes off, hence we say of those we love, uh, that we worship the very ground that uh, uh, that they walk on. He said, what is this? This is showing reverence, you know. A worshipful experience. Get your shoes off. It might be well for us to take our shoes off from time to time and get on our knees before God and spend some time with him. Sometimes just just taking off your shoes means a sign of honor and cleanliness. Other cultures, like we think about not only just we think about the Jewish races we find in the Bible, but maybe the Chinese, the Japanese, I think the Scandinavians, about the same. They look at their shoes like it's a part of clothing. When they go inside, they take them off. Just a sign of cleanliness. My mother was like that somewhat when I was young. Walk in the door. She said, "Whoa, stop. (laughs) Get those shoes off. And, of course, it was because I'd been tracking in mud or been down to the river or something, you know. Get those shoes off. To have no shoes would be cleanliness, showing cleanliness and honor. Sometimes just relaxation. What is that? People come to your house and said, hey, man, you look up tight. What's your problem? said, my shoes hurt. I said, take them off. Take your shoes off. Relax. Enjoy being here with us, you know. So a lot of times the ladies, I've seen a lot of ladies in the U.S., they wear these high heels. Come to visit I said, take those things off, you know. (laughs) Relax and enjoy being with us for a little while. But our text says this. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 15, it says, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. What is that? Do you know what corrective shoes are? They're designed for all types of foot disorders. See, shoes and health go sort of hand in hand. Poor fitting shoes could cause back aches. It can cause muscle fatigue, poor posture. It could actually damage your feet, give you corns and bunions and ingrown toenails, and oh, let's just get away from that. You said, what do we need from time to time? Corrective shoes. For the child of God, to shoe or not to shoe, this is the set of shoes, the pair of shoes that you need. It says your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, just like you have work shoes. And probably in your closet, you have shoes arranged in a different way. Now, some of you like like us men, we just pile them in a pile, you know. No, I try to put them in some kind of order. Might I back up and say my wife tries to put them in a certain order? These are my work shoes. These are play shoes. These are my church shoes. It says here, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Where's my, where's my visiting shoes? You said, visiting shoes? Yeah, I ought to have some visiting shoes. you got shoes that you go to work in. You have shoes that you wear to church. You have shoes that you wear. When you go out, maybe in play, or you work in the yard? Are you cutting your grass, this particular shoes for these things. Where are your visiting shoes? <laughs> Ephesians chapter six and verse 15, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. You need to have a pair of shoes that you can put on. In fact, you need to be shod with these shoes. What does that mean? That you're never never barefooted. You always have these shoes. In fact, these shoes can kind of slip into other shoes. My feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. What is that? I ought always, everywhere I go, I should never find myself in a situation where I cannot give a word for my Lord and my Savior. I should always have on my body, uh, within some material that I'm bringing, I should always have some pieces of gospel literature. You, we think about gospel tracts. You said, I don't have any. Well, if you write to us, talk to us, we'll send you a few gospel tracts. We'll send you some from Fisher Munn. Now, they'll be fishy looking, you know. But uh, uh, to always have on, so to speak, a spiritual pair of shoes, my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, everywhere my feet would take me, should be a place. Well, I should open my mouth for the Lord Jesus Christ. Corrective shoes. You know, maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need some corrective shoes. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Oh, I tell you, as far as our Savior is concerned, As far as shoes, this pair of shoes, he can have these shoes to last like those in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 5, it talks about those shoes that the children of Israel wore when they left Egypt. They just lasted year after year after year after year. Uh, Visitation shoes, not necessarily that you would go on some organized church visitation and you need to be a part of something like that. But always you should be wearing these shoes to testify the grace of God, to talk about how good Jesus is, how good Jesus has been to you. And then speak of the gospel story, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. To shoe or not to shoe. Sometimes to have no shoes. Yes, we've seen it has its identity with poverty and faith and reverence, maybe just cleanliness, maybe just relaxation, But all those spiritual shoes, shod with the preparation of the gospel, may you always have those shoes on that you can give a testimony to the grace of God. Now, the problem is, my friend, if you don't know Christ, you'll always be barefooted. Come to know Christ. And my friend, he will shoe you with the right shoe. Until next week, Fisher Munn saying goodbye.